what a great day for us to be together again with the Christ Journey family. We welcome you to Christ Journey Miami, Gables campus, Kendall campus, across the nation, around the world, and we've got some exciting good news for you today. And I want to start by telling you that there it was. I mean, it's right there in your face in one of the halls of the Miami International Airport for all of our travelers and resident guests from around the world. All we need is love, spelled out in Bright red, multicolored flower, larger than life, capital bold English letters. All we need is love. And I see that made me think of the Beatles, you know, 60s, flower children. I know this is old school, but some songs never die. All you need is love. All together now. All you need is love. Everybody. Love is all you need, if only it were true. You know, Larry Norman once said, the Beatles sang, all you need is love, and then they broke up. Love is great, but it takes more than a Hallmark slogan to change the world, and we all know that. And yet, I still, there's something about it that resonates with me, you know? I still want to be loved. I have this deep longing to be loved, to be cherished, to be appreciated, to be respected, to be known, to be honored, to be celebrated. All of those to me are a part of being loved. So part of me walking down that hall, seeing those big letters in the MIA said, all we need is love. And I want to say, yes, bring it on, especially if I'm imagining being on the receiving end of love. But when I'm supposed to i mean it sounds good it feels right but when i'm supposed to be on the giving end of love it gets a little more complicated i mean like what if they don't deserve it what if they have ignored me what if they have hurt me you know what if i just don't like them how do you love somebody when they're not that lovable now it's one thing you know it's not it's one thing to love people who are lovable Right? Like my wife, she's so lovable, though sometimes she drives me crazy. And how about me? I'm lovable. But she says I drive her crazy. You know, it's not easy loving the ones you love sometimes. What are we supposed to do with those we have questions about? Charlie, uh, Charlie Shedd tells, a note, tells about a note that his wife wrote him after an argument they had. Simply said this, Dear Charlie, I hate you. Love Martha. I mean, it's not easy loving the people you love sometimes. How's it supposed to work with people you've got questions about? Makes me think of another song, Michael Jackson. If they say why, 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 tell them that it's Why do you do me that way? Why do you do me that way? Oh, tell them that it's human nature. Now there's the tension, isn't it? Sooner or later, love has to deal with human nature. Now, Jesus' disciple John has been called the apostle of love. Peter is the apostle of hope. Paul is the apostle of faith. But John is the apostle of love, probably because he writes so much about it in his gospel, in his letters. Today we're in 1 John chapter 3, where he introduces the theme, God is love. 
Now, it takes him two chapters to land that idea, but he introduces it in chapter 3, identifying this tension. What happens when God's love meets human nature? And what happens in us as human beings when we let God's love work? Three words I want you to hold in mind. Here they are, source, force, and course. John gives us a three-part conversation about the source of love, the force of love, and the course love takes in our lives. Chapter 3, verse 1, how great is the love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world doesn't know us is because it didn't know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has yet to be made known, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Now that is incredible, but at its heart, it's all about the source of love. Who is the source of love? God is. God is. And He doesn't ration it out, you know, meagerly, miserly portions. He lavishes it upon us. You are so loved, not just loved, so loved by God. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life, lavished everlasting life. God's life can come alive in you, making you a child of God. That's good news. The creator God who gave you life in the natural has now become your father in the spiritual by love. And the reason this love is lifting us higher than we've ever been lifted before is the source. God is the source of this love. Have you, are you now trusting God to be your personal source of love? Now, when couples ask me to officiate their weddings, usually I go on to explain at some point that Christian marriage is more than merely a horizontal relationship where a man and a woman commit to love one another the best they can for the rest of their lives in this earth, same horizontal, earthbound level. No, no. Christian love engages a dimension above this world. And uh, from that posture, I mean, the world doesn't, it, it engages in love in a way the world doesn't know about, John says. In the world, all love is horizontal, it's earthbound. But John says, our source of love is not of this world, it's top down. And then vertical love. God the Father has lavished his love upon us through the Son. Through the Son, the flesh and blood Jesus of Nazareth, for real, who suffered crucifixion, conquered death, rose on the third day, ascended, and John now says that he saw him, the resurrected Christ, saw him, heard him, held him, ate food with him, fresh fish on the beach after he rose from the dead. God the Father, through the Son, is our source of love, meeting us right here where we live, and then filling us full of potential for an even higher existence when He appears. Now see, the risen Christ is also the returning Christ. 
And when he does, his love is going to transform us to be like him. Love from the source, fit for eternity. And that's the power of God. Love from the source, God the Father through the Son. But what is the force of God's love? Well, that's verse 3. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So the force of God's love brings promise and then a process to human nature, the ability to change. What John calls hope and purifying. And then the next, the, this ability to change. The next six verses, we see the encounter of love with human nature. The force of God's love brings to human nature its ability to change, to see more, to rise to a new hope and to a new and better day as the presence of God's life in love purges us from sin. It's like, it's like medicine for the soul. Verse 4 tells us our problem. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness that means one of the evidences that human nature is sick that human nature is sick with sin is our bent toward violating boundaries breaking god's laws laws like don't steal don't lie don't cheat we break things we break trust we break hearts we break laws it's all symptomatic of our sickness so verse 5 but you know that he appeared the source of love that he might take away our sins and in him is no sin this is good medicine pure medicine that's the source of love god the father bringing its healing force to bear through god the son on our sins and then, as a result, the force continues to be seen in the way that it frees us more and more from being held captive to our fallen human nature. It's like medicine that, over time, makes its healing known. Verse 6, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. So, we don't keep on sinning in the same way that when you take your medicine, you don't stay sick. The sense of the words here is in the original language is show that he's not talking about sinless perfection. He's talking about progressive freedom. When the living God in you makes it impossible for you to keep on habitually sinning. So if you keep on living the same way after you meet Christ, that you lived before you met Christ, then, hey, maybe you haven't really met Christ. Verse 7, dear children, I mean, it's like you haven't taken the medicine. Dear children, don't let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he, the source of love, is righteous. And he who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. He's been violating the boundaries. He's been breaking God's laws, breaking God's trust. And the reason the Son of God appeared, there's the source of love, was to destroy the devil's work. This is like a doctor on a disease. The disease is going 
because the medicine from the doctor has come. No one who is born of God, there's the medicine, will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him and he can't just go on sinning in this habitual way. No, in an uninterrupted habit, no. Why not? Because he has been born of God. God's love and life has come alive in him and now he's talking about God the Spirit. Alive in you. That's the source of love. Look at this. God the Father, Son, and Spirit. All of God in his triunified godness, coming to your rescue. Verse 10, this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what's right is not a child of God. They haven't taken the medicine. They're still stuck in their sickness. Nor is anyone who does not love his brother. He's not talking about works righteousness. He's not talking about right standing before God due to good works we do to earn it. He's talking about right living and right loving that comes into our life that is evidence of God's life being in you. This is the force of God's love. Now here's something that might give a little more clarity to it. Think of this. Which of these is the true statement? A ship cannot sink or a ship can not sink. Now, both are true, but the second is the truest, right? Now, John is saying something similar about believers. John isn't saying that it is impossible for a follower of Jesus Christ to sin. What he's saying is, it is possible for us not to sin. Just like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, when you are tempted, God will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. It is possible for you not to sink. When God is alive in us by his spirit, it is impossible to stay stuck in the same bad habits of human nature. When God's love is the source that brings forward the force that brings freedom from our fallen nature, then what do you think the course of that love is in our daily living? Well, verses 11 through 24 take us there. This is the message that you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. The opposite of sin-sick Cain who murdered his brother, verse 15, anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. How can he say that? Well, hate, hatred is the seed of murder. And so you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. Verse 16, so this is how we know what, the love, what love is. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us. Instead of taking life, it's giving life. And we ought to lay our lives down for our brothers. So that's what the course of love looks like. It looks like serving. It looks like sacrificing in relationship to other people. The course of love affects how we treat one another. We become willing to sacrifice self-serving in the same way that Jesus did. Now, we saw Jesus on a cross. Not too many of us are being nailed to crosses these days, are we? So what does sacrificing mean? like Jesus did, look like. Verse 18, 
It looks like actions and attitudes, not simply empty words. Let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions in truth. So the course of true love is to be full-bodied, sincere, our words sincere, our actions engaged. So what's the course of love? As God love, God's love purifies us within, it starts making peace without internal redemption always leads to external reconciliation we start offering our lives as bridges to others like the prayer of francis of assisi lord make me an instrument of your peace where there is hatred let me sow love where there is injury pardon where there is doubt faith where there is despair hope where there is darkness light where there is sadness joy as the source of love our father through the son by the spirit that trinity unleashes the force of love within us bringing the promise of freedom that's the purification from sin by purity in our lives and then we are lifted to a love that's higher than we've been before so our relationships can form the course of love into the world god uses his people to be peacemakers to be dispensers of that love or you could call us emulsifiers do you know what an emulsifier is emulsifier is something that holds things together that usually separate like oil and water you know, the default setting is to be separate from one another. But then how is it that mayonnaise, which is mostly oil and water, you know, the vinegar that's made with is mostly water, how do these two items that usually separate now stay together and so that we can have mayonnaise and we can have yummy hollandaise sauce? Do you know? An emulsifier known as egg yolk. Egg yolk. Egg yolk is the element, it has the element that holds oil and water in vinegar together. So if you Google this, what is the role of egg yolk in mayonnaise, you'll see. And the question is, what is the course of life, a course of love in the life of a Christ follower? To be a bonding agent. To be a bonding agent in your relational life. Shakespeare's right, the course of true love never did run smoothly. But John says, God wants the course of true love to run through you, with your brothers, with your sisters, with your friends, in your romance, in your parenting, in your family life, in your church. We are lifted to divine love so that that divine love triangle, so that the triunified God, a community of oneness, our source of love, that its force of love may flow into the course of our daily lives and then keep people together. May I say that again? The source of love through the force of love flows through the course of our lives so that God through us can help keep people together. And then that peace brings peace to our conscience. That's what 
when we feel guilty verse 19 says you ever have a guilty conscience verse 19 says god's peace will meet you there brings peace to our prayers our conversations with god can be full of peace verse 22 you want more peace in your life want more peace in your prayers more peace in your relationships more peace of mind then let god be the source of your love and let him apply the force of his love to that place in your soul where you feel like you've been held captive where you believe that bad habits have you and where you're tempted to believe that change is never going to come and in your life how do you loosen that up well john is saying by treating others the way jesus did Show that you believe God is at work in you by being a channel of his blessing to somebody else. Serving, sacrificing, careful with words, supportive in actions. Be a bonding agent. This is God's plan. This is the course of love. Now in the cartoon, Peppermint Patty was talking with Charlie Brown and she says, you know, years, years are passing by. I'm scared, Chuck. What if I grow up and no one ever loves me? We people with big noses can be very insecure. Do you think I have a big nose, Chuck? Do you think someone will love me someday? And Charlie Brown, who's uh, leaning against a tree, legs crossed, reflects on her words and then says, sure. Patty reacts. Sure, sure what? Sure, I have a big nose? Sure, someone's going to love me someday? And Charlie says, maybe, maybe someday the rest of your face will catch up with your nose and then someone will love you. And then in the final frame, it shows Patty in front of a bathroom mirror shouting hurry up face do you have hurry up face moments i think we all do uh, maybe it shows up for you in words like this if only you know if only i didn't have this nose <laughs> if only i didn't have this in my past if only i wasn't so I mean, fill in the blank there. If only, if only. We do that to ourselves, don't we? And then we do it to others too. You know, hey, what? Hey, if, if only your face could catch up with your nose. If only your mouth would just... If only you lost a few pounds. If only you had a better attitude. If only you were smarter or, you know, that thing hadn't happened to you or, or whatever. You know, our affirmations seem to always have conditions. That's called horizontal love, earthbound, conditional love. And we imagine, when we imagine love, we imagine horizontal love, right? But here's what God imagines. God imagines a, a, a different kind of love that can lift you higher than you have been lifted before and bring you into a vertical pattern. How do you get love so that you can give love? You let God's love meet your human nature. You know what happens when that happens? Why don't we find out?
Let's pray. Thank you, gracious God, for the profound way that your love invades our lives, gently moves into our space, and then boldly says, I'm here for you. I love you. I have died for you. I have risen for you. I can now come alive in you. And my love can bring change to you and hope through you to others. May it happen today, Lord, for each one of us, a refreshing visit of your personal spiritual love deep within each of us. And Father, we especially pray for someone who has never trusted you in the forgiveness of sins and come to know you personally through Jesus Christ. If that's you, then you can join me right now in this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for being the source of God's love to my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me that my sins might be removed and that I could receive the medicine of salvation. I receive you now. Forgive my sins. Come into my life. And now lead me as I turn from my way to go your way to experience all that you have for me in your love in the course of my life. As I make my prayer in your name, Lord. Amen.